Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. So on last week's Boss Tip episode, all about why you should always get a job offer in writing, I alluded to it also being super important that you never negotiate via email, which I've heard from some folks is a little surprising because people feel like, well, email is always um, a little safer feeling because you can have time to really think over how you're going to say what you want to say and choose your words carefully. And that negotiation is nerve-wracking. So there's a feeling of protection behind the keyboard. And to that, I say, I totally get it, but it will not help you in the long run. So if negotiating feels really uncomfortable and nerve-wracking to you, what that tells me is instead of avoiding it altogether and hiding behind a keyboard, which will produce detrimental results for you, you got to practice some more. And I'm all about helping people do that, especially on our upcoming workshop. But today, I want to give you a couple reminders as to why you should never negotiate via email and a little bit of a cautionary tale. The first big reason is that you, especially us as women in a world that doesn't even tend to like women who are negotiating on their own behalf or are being assertive and all the gendered and racial and age BS that we run into as as social tripwires and unconscious bias in conversations like these, you really want the full spectrum of vocal tone and body language working with you. When you're negotiating, you're being really assertive. And if you have vocal tone to work with while you're doing it, or if you have facial expressions or hand gestures or body positions to send a warm tone, it can help counteract some of the inevitable sexism that we'll run into along the way, if not racism and ableism and all kinds of isms, right? So while we're doing something difficult, like asking for more money, we can do so with a smile on our face and while nodding our head to show that we're actively listening to their concerns and show that we're standing firm. Now, should we have to do this? No, right? I'm all about playing the cards we've been dealt while changing the game. But right now, the game is pretty rigged. And it's rigged against women. It's rigged against people of color. So we need to use every psychological hack we can in our toolbox to really make sure our negotiation counteroffer or any assertive conversation we have, for that matter, has the full spectrum of communication, both verbal and nonverbal, going for us. We all know that sometimes people misread your tone in emails. I do all the time. I'm like, dang, she was being really curt or she was being really short with me. You know, people assume the worst with your tone via email, no matter how many emojis (laughs) or exclamation marks you put in there. It's like either too much or too little for everybody. So I encourage you to reap the benefits of having vocal tone and body language on your side by always delivering a counteroffer in person or over the phone or over video chat, if possible. 
The second reason you shouldn't negotiate via email is because nobody likes a laundry list. I shared this very terrible story on last week's Boss Tip episode about why you should always get a job offer in writing, about how I counteroffered with a huge bullet point laundry list of demands early on in my career, which went so poorly, they actually rescinded the offer. And that was my impetus and catalyst for becoming a negotiation nerd and reading all the science I could and really everything on how to become an expert negotiator, which I am proud to say I feel like an expert negotiator today. But at the time, I didn't realize that nobody really likes getting a long ass list of demands. And no matter how you word it, getting a point-by-point point demand sheet is just not the way to go. It doesn't go over well as compared to having that own list in your own head or on your own little piece of paper or notes when you come into a negotiation conversation live. And then in real time, being able to ping pong between your top priorities and really gauge the reaction you're getting along the way, which is my third point to make here. When you send a counter offer via email, you have no idea how the recipient of that email is reacting. They might be having a terrible day and, and read your email in a terrible moment and have a terrible reaction. If someone comes into a conference room having a terrible day, giving off terrible energy, at least you'll know what you're working with and be able to say, is this a good time to talk or should we postpone? Like what's going on? You'll be able to better parse through their emotional state and then react to it in real time. Or let's say one bullet point goes over well, so you move on to the next and the next one really sets them off or causes concern. You'll want to react to them in real time and say, tell me more about what you're concerned about here. I'd love to find a way forward that works for everyone and I want you to be comfortable. You need these conversations to happen in real time in order for you to be able to do that. So please do not negotiate via email. There was actually this really interesting story that went kind of viral a few years back about a professor who was negotiating with Nazareth College, a small liberal arts school near Rochester, New York. And like many folks who receive a job offer, she assumed that original bid was the opening move in a series of negotiations and submitted her counteroffer via email. Here's what she wrote. Quote, as you know, I'm very enthusiastic about the possibility of coming to Nazareth. Granting some of the following provisions would make my decision easier. One, an increase of my starting salary to 65000 which is more in line with what assistant professors in philosophy have been getting in the last few years. Two, an official semester of maternity leave. Three, a pre-tenure sabbatical at some point during the bottom half of my tenure clock. Four, no more than three new class preps per year for the first three years. Five, a start date of academic year 2015 so I can complete my postdoc. I know that some of these might be easier to grant than others. Let me know what you think. And, you know, take it or leave it. That's the email she wrote. But instead of coming back with a counter offer or any kind of a response, really, Nazareth rescinded the offer altogether by saying, quote, Thank you for your email. The search committee discussed your provisions. They were also reviewed by the dean and the VPAA. It was determined that on the whole, these demands or these provisions indicate an interest in teaching at a research university and not a college like ours that is both teaching and student-centered. Thus, the institution has decided to withdraw its offer of employment to you. Yikes, right? Like major backfire. And here's the thing. I'm not defending 
the employer's decision here to rescind the offer. I agree with most of the internet who went up in arms about this being a total overreaction. However, her email didn't give her the freedom of being able to react in real time to some yeses, to getting a few yeses first and then moving on to other demands or being able to explain why she was asking for what she's asking or even really remind them of why she's worth it, right? Whenever you're asking for more, you have to explain why you're worth more. And she was writing a very concise and professional email, but it was so assertive. It's just not doing her any favors here. And I'm all about women being assertive, but we know the world isn't always, <laughs> right? And so this situation caused quite a stir. Slate wrote an article about it, and I'll link to it in the show notes. It kind of went viral, and people started arguing online over who's at fault and what's the lesson here. My takeaway, regardless of all the other variables here, is that sending your counteroffer in via email puts you at a disadvantage. So let's not do that. Let's use every tool in our toolbox. And if you're gearing up for any kind of a negotiation in the year ahead, you'll want to check out our newly published definitive guide for negotiating your salary as a woman, just published on the blog earlier this month at bossedup.org slash negotiation. It's very comprehensive. It's pretty intensely long, but it's designed to be your go-to resource for any kind of a negotiation with step-by-step guidance, advice, and real scripts. Now, this is all free and it's available for you on our website because I think the most important thing we can do here at Bossed Up is be a resource to women like you who are leveling up in their life and in their careers. And I know that sometimes folks want to work with me one-on-one. Folks want to get my take and practice with me and have more of an interactive component, which is why I'm hosting my negotiation live workshop January 22nd. Space is limited. All your questions will be answered in real time. And not only will we walk through a workshop together, But you'll get a huge workbook that comes with it, that comes with exercises for you to practice and really hone your negotiation skills with expert guidance along the way. I'd love to have you there. Head to bossedup.org slash negotiation live to reserve your spot because space is limited. I hope today's boss tip can be put to use in your next negotiation. Remember me when you're tempted to write that counter offer via email and don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Resist the temptation. Hop back on the phone instead and let me know how this works for you. Until next time, keep Boston in pursuit of your purpose and together let's lift as we climb.